This podcast recorded live at the Urban Fly Company Studios. And we are back for another week of the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. Uh, we have the Skeleton Crew in here tonight. I'm, <coughs> I'm fine with it, man. We, we, make, we make magic happen down here at the Skeleton Crew. So Mark Burns, uh, you know, with taking five days off, I'm sure he doesn't, he's tying his ass off and his thumbs are bleeding. Yeah, getting things as prepared as he can before we have to go uh, down to Kentucky. Um, I'm sure Chris just doesn't have the uh, the the uh, kitchen passes, so he's definitely uh, he's not here tonight. So you know Jim's Jim's girlfriend, she's vegan, so her opinion doesn't matter. So Jim was going to come regardless. Um. Damn. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been waiting on that one too all day. <laughs> so. Um, <clears throat> hey, it's in my basement, so I'm not catching too much hell. Uh, but uh, here we're gonna. We wanted to give some everybody to something to listen to on the ride down to the tournament. So you can listen to us bust stones a little bit. Uh, you know, Chris and Mark are gonna take it because uh, they're not here to defend themselves. So that'll be fun. Uh, but we have a big, uh, big show tonight. Um, we're gonna be calling uh, our guest is Rick Eilier. Our f- good buddy, yeah. uh, fresh off a trip to Guatemala for sailfish, and uh, he made a video and put it on YouTube, and it was a pretty good video. It was awesome. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was I a mean, good video. He kept me uh, actually entertained for the ten minute length that it is, which is rare for me because I have about a four and a half minute limit before my ADD kicks in and I'm I'm, I'm on to the next thing, so I don't I, c- I don't last long. So it was an awesome video. I really I really enjoyed it. Uh. Can't wait to get talk to him. I haven't talked to him for a while. Uh, see what's new with him. He's always in different places, eating cool things. Uh, and the trip to Guatemala, I mean, that looked fantastic. Yeah, he's a, I mean, his job has to be awesome because he does take some amazing trips. Yeah, go some cool places. Um, <clears throat> we're going to uh, talk about Jim's Pike Day. Uh, I took a trout float. We have a couple airing grievances. Uh, I get a football rant. Um, we'll do. Uh, um, Rick will come on, uh, and then we'll talk River Kentucky River Musky Classic. Um, if I said that right, uh, I, there's going to be a new segment. It's going to be called Shit Talk, and uh, we're going to be doing some. Uh, some guys wrote in, and they some didn't, and uh, you know, a little bit of back and forth, and to get us all fired up and uh, ready to fish down in Kentucky. Um, but before we get to all that, this podcast is brought to you by Sims Fishing, Airex Hooks, Cortland Lines, and Yeti, built for the wild. Friends of the show, we got Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank, Chippewa River Custom Rods, the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance, and our friends over at Muskie Fool. So I hope everybody had a uh, happy Valentine's Day. I know I did. Got the little tulips from uh, after archery. You know, the uh, the lady made them next door. You you were there. Come on, man. You didn't. I'm surprised you didn't come get your uh, tulips. No, I didn't come get my tulips. Oh man, awesome tulips. Yeah, if I would have if I would have been at archery, I could have got my tulips. Yeah, so I got some tulips. Uh, <coughs> they were basement grown and everything right there next door. So at the archery shop. So they were nice and fresh. Uh, my wife was very, very pleased when I brought them home. 
Go, go get yourself a new Hoyt and uh, go in the back and get hooked up with some plants. Get some tulips. Get some tulips. <clears throat> <coughs> Wife was very happy to see him because that was the 13th of uh, February there. Mm. You know? Must have not marked it down on your calendar. But, uh, nah, I don't care uh, about that stuff. We, but, uh, we, we celebrate the main holidays in my household. Oh, no, no, no. I, w- I was talking about the uh, archery day. That was the thirteenth, not the not not Valentine's Day. It's on the fourteenth. But uh, went to the old, uh, went down to the old Daffins. Oh yeah, got to grab some uh, the world's best chocolate. Did you go pet the chocolate turtle? Oh, did I? <laughs> I sat on it and I almost got kicked out. Uh, in beautiful downtown Sharon, Daffins. Man, it's great. It's good, good. It's I good do. Chocolate, I'll man. tell you what, man. I like Daffins way better than Gorin's. Oh, yeah. Like, hands down, Daffins wins. Daffins is really yeah, good. Yeah, nobody gets excited whenever they're like, hey, you want to buy a Gorin's candy bar? No. When no. you have to see the box of Daffins candy bars, you're in. Absolutely. It's, it is. It's, it's, it's damn good chocolate. Been there forever, man. Like, I remember it when I was a kid, so I like taking Riley in there now and again, but, you know, I had to go grab her something. I haven't been in there for forever, man. Uh. We also hope everybody enjoyed the Super Bowl. Um, I think that's another reason Mark isn't here this weekend. Uh, I think he's still hurting from the Super Bowl. I know uh, he was. He was looking forward to this one. <clears throat> Thought they. I'm. They look pretty good. Uh, I have a little bit of rant later that I'll go into. I wish Mark was here for, but maybe I'll hear it on the way down. Yeah, I. Uh I took one of those late afternoon naps that as an adult you should never take. And, you know, the ones where you're like, oh, I'm just going to lay here for a minute. And then four or five hours goes by. I fell asleep in the middle of the afternoon. And whenever I woke up, my internal alarm was destroyed because I seen the clock and it said 1259. And I just like did like a whole night's sleep. I was in trouble. Now, we didn't have a kid the night before. So I, I partook in all the drinks the night before. Barely slept. And uh, went fishing all day the next day. So I was by the time Super Bowl came, I was pretty sleepy. But went went over Shane's, had some really good food. He had it all cooked up. Uh, Just my cousin uh, had her had planned her kid's birthday party during the Super Bowl, and it was a swimming party. So basically, my whole family was there except for my dad, my cousin, and I, and we were all (laughs) sitting at my cousin's house watching the Super Bowl. It's kind of quiet. Hanging out, so it was kind of nice. Should have just hooked it up and doubled down. Had a swimming bowl super. We were uh, swimming super bowl party. This was it was at like Hubbard Pool or something. Oh yeah, you ain't pulling that no, off. So one uh, beer bottle in the pool and Jay's yeah, thrown out. Yeah, yeah. I didn't drink at all during the Super Bowl because I was so. No, I was I was just wanted to go to sleep. <coughs> but yeah, um, enjoyable Super Bowl though. Uh, I guess uh, other than for Mark, uh, a couple downs here or there that could separate, you know, winning from losing. Mm-hmm. A couple plays here and there that separate winning from losing. It's a game of what do they call inches, they say. And it definitely was. Taylor Swift chugged a beer. She definitely, yeah, she and chugged her, a and beer. And her friend was summoning the devil next to her. It's definitely, uh, man, she was said the F word at least 10 times, too. You could lip it out. Uh, who was the who was the girl next to her? I don't know. She looks like Carrot Top. She was the blonde. Yeah, she was famous of some for no, some reason. No, no, oh, that that other one. That one's Blake Lively. Oh, that girl. I'm yeah, I'm talking about the one with the upside down cross. That you know, you didn't see that. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? No, I didn't see it. 
Wow. Yeah, dude. She had an upside down cross necklace and was like throwing up devil horns and everything and shit up there in the box. Huh. Wild. Illuminati, man. I have to go back and check that out. They say hell is in Ohio. Hell might be in Kansas right now. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was quite the finish, though. Yeah, I mean, I uh, Jason Kelsey, he was he was dressed very well. And did you see any of the stuff from after the after parties with him? Uh, Travis's brother, dude. Jason? I don't watch football, man. Uh, I know, I know. I know. But the after party was great because he he found a luchador mask. And was then partying in a luchador mask the whole night. I did see him show up dressed as uh, Zach Galifianakis yeah, from The Hangover. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> good too. That was hilarious. So that was, uh, yeah, there was. Uh, and the ha- what, did you see any? Dude, of the super, did you know halftime show? No, no, none of it. A lot. I've heard a lot of people say they hated it. I didn't think it was too bad. Uh, I thought I thought it was I thought it was all right. I mean, I'm not a huge Usher fan, but. Thought he was pretty good. I mean, I didn't think he was out there sucking or anything. His he, knees were probably cracking and popping while he was out there dancing. Yeah, he's pretty old. He's getting up there. Mm-hmm. He was definitely busting a move though, the whole time. Yeah, when he whenever he sings "Let It Burn," now he's referencing his knees and his shoulders and his elbows and. Yeah, I'm sure he's he. I got to be older than us. Well, he's definitely older than me. But. All right, <laughs> off the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> no problem, buddy. Fucking hate football. Oh, jeez. Well, we won't have to talk about it t- till next September. I'm so ha- I'm happy. Okay. Uh, hey, congrats to uh, <clears throat> we'll go one more thing from the Super Bowl. Congrats okay. Congrats to Sven Diesel. Did you see that he got first place? He did win. Yeah, he I got didn't first see place. that he won. I, but I, I was following and liking all of his stuff, trying to keep up with him. But did he, you see what he made? The nachos and oh, torch yeah, him on tw- the counter. Yeah. yeah. Good that for was, you, buddy. That was awesome. Congratulations. Uh, if you go back to the last podcast we had, uh, he was our guest. Uh, great barbecue guy. Cook. Um, really knows his way around a Traeger. He does. And uh, he's been doing pizzas just in the last few days. But, uh, yeah, he got he didn't he couldn't tell us what he was going to do. But he did nachos. Uh, I think there was some kind of uh, – it was either pulled pork or something on them. All kinds of stuff. Dude, go back, every, check it out. It was, it was awesome. Nobody torched him with makes. a huge torch. Like just going back through like all of his posts, dude. Like everything that dude does is just, I'm, I, w- I would eat that. Piles of nachos. Yeah. But hey, congratulations on first place, buddy. That was pretty awesome. So, do you want to go into your uh, <clears throat> your Pikey Pike Day? Yeah, I had a banging Pike Day. Uh, we'll leave the musky parts. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll leave that out. We'll let Mark. Yeah, we'll let Mark we'll take let Mark over do and do those. that part. And but you got some pike. So uh, yeah, we we started off. You know, we went and f- did a float. Uh, me, Mark, and Michael, and uh, Michael picked up a little fish. You know, right in the beginning, it was a super slow morning, like super slow. We didn't even move a fish. Didn't see a fish. Nothing. It was just till quiet. Wait, went to when. Uh, I would say, I don't think Michael caught his fish until like quarter to 11. Okay. So, I mean, it was a, it was a really slow morning. I mean, we got there early. I mean, we didn't get there super early, but I mean, we were on the water fishing by nine. So, I mean, you know, an hour and a half, you know, that first initial, all right, let's get fishing. Nothing. And then, uh, the sun started peeking out and Michael picked up a fish and then we started rowing back down. 
and Michael was on the on the sticks. I was I was rowing whenever Michael caught his fish, and then after that, I was like, all right, I'm up now. So Michael's rowing, getting yelled at the entire time while while we're rowing. No, it was a rough day, dude. No, 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 no. It was a rough day. I'll get into that here in a second too. Mark's blood pressure was the highest I've probably seen it in a while. In a while. So we start going back down and we get all the way back down to the bottom little stretch of this creek that we're in. And I picked up my the first one. Or actually, no. No, we ate lunch. We went back and ate lunch. Because I didn't even run the... I had, took the GoPro and everything with me, but I didn't have the GoPro on. I didn't even turn it on all morning. Had it on my head, never pushed the button. I was just waiting, waiting, waiting for the fish to turn on. So we ate lunch, and the very first fish that I caught whenever we were going down was a tank. I mean an absolute tank of a northern pike. That sucker was 34 and a half inches long, and the girth on it, I mean, its belly was like hanging over the bump board. So, I mean, it was, it was a chunky fish. And uh, Female. Yeah, but fish followed me into the figure eight. I really thought it was a ski. I mean, because it was down deep enough that I couldn't see pattern on it. All I could see was it was a fish and it was big. So I'm like, oh man, there's one. So I got video, I got footage of that one, eating in the eight, stuck that fish beautifully, just real quick in the net. Got pictures of it, and it was just game on from there. I was throwing a uh, Mark tied a a large uh, black and red minnow with a bright orange tail on it, and two. Every fish demolished that fly. No packerini tail. No, no packerini no. tail. No, no, just, just the, straight just minnow. The feather, the feather tails, the like synthet- an orange feather. Yeah, feathers in the synthetic in the middle. Mm-hmm. And dude, it was just—they loved it. And every single pike that I caught was big. I mean, we ended up again finishing that float out with you know fourteen, fifteen fish and. Almost all of them were over thirty inches. There was only a couple under under thirty. So, but man, I uh I ended up breaking breaking a rod, which leads me into telling you how Mark about threw Michael in the river. So like Mark's uh, down. Mark's down an eight weight right now. Like 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 physically grab I, him. I and throw I, him? I really thought he was gonna throw him <laughs> in the river. So broke. Mark's eight weight, the chippy, like right at the feral, like right where the end of the feral goes in. I really, like, I heard, I heard it, and then Michael, like, looked back, and he was like, oh, man, it's broke, (laughs) just plain as day like that, like, didn't sugarcoat it or nothing, just looked back and went, oh, no, it's broke, and Mark didn't say nothing at first, and then he started. And then it was just, I was like, oh, my God, this is so bad. So I let Michael use my 12 weight because I just wanted, Mark Mark was already at the point, like, you're not using any more of my rods now. So I'm like, all right, Michael, you can use my 12 weight. So he puts on this white and red bulkhead, and within five minutes, all we hear is, oh, coming from up in the front of the boat. Michael is trying to do a figure eight and this was the biggest fish of the trip that was that fish that michael michael missed in the in the eight so 
he goes and real 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 slow into his first turn in the figure eight and then we're yelling up speed it up speed it up speed it up and he he just made that rod speed up just a little bit and that fish crushed it straight up in the air with the rod pin pins the fish fish is thrashing like for a split second inside of the boat mark didn't even have the net up off the bottom of the raft yet and spit it and then i really thought mark was gonna fucking lose his shit mark was going nuts at that point i was just you know i'm gonna sit back here i'm gonna stay quiet i'm gonna do everything in my power not to get a snag or something so we gotta go row over to it because i'm just gonna he he's hot right now we're gonna let him calm down so there was a long silence for a little bit there so i'm still in the i'm still cleaning you know cleaning up pike and everything and then uh out of nowhere i hear michael go mark you know i love you and he goes yeah i love you too but if you don't start doing what the hell i'm telling you (laughs) you know the typical sure 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 statement and then then we were all fine everybody was happy and then we started catching fish and then it was just it was a good day oh yeah well there's always you know i got my personal best pike out of it every trip there's a little bit of trial and tribulation were you seeing a lot of the fish coming up to the boat and following or was it uh 50-50 a lot of eats out away or what well, I mean a lot of the pike wanted to follow it to the boat I mean most of them they look just like you know how pike it broadwater t-bone just boom up real quick take it and go but there's a lot of fish that pulled into the eight that was the only one that I was able to get to eat into the figure eight was that big one though um you said a lot of fish in the figure eight that didn't eat as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you notice that, like, uh, fish were hitting in patterns? Were they, you know, was it certain time and then they were off a little bit? Or was it just man and on? Like, D- just, dude, just, it was they the, just I kept mean, this, going. This it, time of the year. Once was, the water warmed up just yep. a little bit from That couple degrees spike for yeah. the sun coming through and just yep. turning it on. I mean, and that was it. They were all over it. But, yeah, you're definitely right. They're getting ready to spawn. All them big ones are in there. Yeah, and you could tell when, like you're saying, the bellies are hanging out over stuff. It's, you know, big females pre-spawn. I would say eating. the I would say the average size fish that we were catching was probably about thirty, thirty-one. I mean, just catching pike that size consistently and not catching yeah. any hammer handles. I mean, that's they were good fish. I mean, a couple of them were like twenty-seven, twenty-eight, but for the most part, they were all. And over you were 30. saying on doubles and. Every different they were, thing they were, you eating, think they, they were eating everything, but that black minnow with that orange tail, man, they just, I don't know what it was with that fly. They just did not want to let it sit in the water. Hmm. And I noticed a lot of fish, like I was having to let my fly get deeper, like deeper in the, the than what we were fishing last time. And they're just, they come slow rolling in right underneath it. I mean, they're deep. They were hanging out deep there. Well, um, I know we'd had some, I don't remember the exact date, so uh, I remember we had some weather roll through and had a little spike in water and all that throughout that time we were off. Um, was that how, what were the water conditions like? It was about the same as what it was the the first time we ran it. I mean, it was still low. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like once that river starts to level back out, it gets low in there quick. I mean, with the with the one body that's down at the bottom being up, that's mm-hmm. usually what keeps water in there. Sure. So once that starts going back down and going normal, it's... Sure, yeah. No, I just didn't know if it was up or if it was lower <coughs> at no, the time. No, uh, but I would say it was... I mean, it was about the same. I would say our water clarity was worse this on the second trip. 
I mean, we had good color to it, but I mean, it was it was kind of milky. Yeah, well, that that little help you a little bit, you know what I mean? Any kind of any kind of get, get away water. with a little bit more, you know, have room for air. Sure, especially you know, get fishing closer. Doesn't see the boat, doesn't you know, spook off as easy. Heck yeah, I'm glad you guys had a hell of a day in the end. And Mark's probably had he looked like he had a decent smile on his face and he looked like he was all nice and clean cut. That's probably why he was so mad. He had to get a haircut, he and was shave cold. his beard. <laughs> he was cold. I <laughs> wasn't so happy. Um. So uh, I all right, we'll, we'll we'll move on from that, and I'm going to go to my uh, airing of grievance real quick. Cause, uh, damn it, you man, we're trying to get second place again here in this uh, in this here uh, archery league, and you can't just no call no show on the guys that win second place. All right, we should be in first, but now we're going to lose so many goddamn points. I didn't shoot any better, but why didn't you shoot better? I don't know. I just didn't shoot any better. Listen, I'm just trying to take the heat off myself. I, 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 you know, I, did, I didn't drink any beers before I went. Oh. So there oh, you, you go. You didn't have no swing lube. Nope. Well, I started a new job. So my days, I'm used to being off on Wednesdays. So I'm at a place now where my days off rotate. So I'm not used to being off on work on a Tuesday anyway. And I was off work. And I had to go to work a couple times throughout the day. So I was constantly... Just bouncing around doing stuff. And then by the time you texted me, I seen you texting me and calling me. And I'm like, oh, shit, it hit me. So, my bad. I totally dropped the ball, Jay. Dr. Adam was not happy. I'll say that. He'll be okay. I hope so. He'll be okay. But it, uh, <laughs> we, all need, we all should go do a shootout just for in case something like that happens. And we have shootouts sitting there, you know, we can use. Because you got to shoot out before, you know, yeah, the I actual didn't, day. I didn't, I didn't figure that out until after you told me. I so. thought we could go, like, shoot out as long as it was during that week. No, you got to do before. Sorry, excuse me. But, yeah, you son of a gun, you got to, you know, come on. We got to, we got to really, we got to start really shooting good. These guys, these one guys, man, they're, they know how to play the game the right way. Uh, like, uh, have you met anybody, Bill and all them guys yet? The guy with, uh, the police officer, Bill mm. and all them guys, that team, they play the game, dude. They know how to shoot shitty at first and, and just improve and improve and improve and improve and improve and improve their score all year till they're shooting at their best in the end. That's what you got to do. You got to slowly well, improve I'll your score. I'll be there. I'm not going to miss it again. Adam, if you're listening, I'm not going to miss it again. It's at two o'clock or not uh, two o'clock. It's on Tuesday. Tuesday. That's yes. What, yeah. We every Tuesday we say see you next Tuesday, so you nobody forgets. That's I, on next I, Tuesday. I totally did. Well, all right. Well, after this airing of grievance and me yelling at you, <laughs> that you're fired <laughs> until Tuesday. <laughs> you're fucking oh, fired Jay. until Tuesday. You won't forget again, right? Now you won't forget. No, I'm not right, going to forget no, again. No, no forgetting. I could just imagine if I did forget again, what like to be a fly on the wall while you're reading your phone, me telling you, "Oops, bro, my bad." You just son of a bitch breaking the clipboard over your knee. <laughs> Jim's fired. We're taking back Tim. It's all right. I'll be there. Yeah, the only other thing I had was a little football rant. 
Other than if you had said you had a little airing of grievance, if you wanted to give one, if not. I do have an airing of grievance. Yeah, go ahead. So, for all of our fellow musky anglers, I don't know if you witnessed the uh, the dumpster fire of Thomas Shank over at Mr. Chippewa River Custom Rods. He had to deal with a very unruly client who was questioning quality and just trying to drag his name through the mud. Like, if you are going to buy a custom rod, okay, first and foremost, you have to understand that you are going to have some variances in your rod because it's hand-built. Okay, so like thread wrapping, stuff like that. You're going to have a couple little minor chain differences and stuff here and there, okay? So this guy on social media showed a picture of his cork on his handle coming apart, which, okay, maybe I can see that being a quality issue. Who knows? I mean, we're all human. If we mess something up, we mess something up. But just the fiasco that unfolded with, you know, the guy saying that, oh, well, he never got back to me or whatever, and then Tom having to basically, you know, defend himself because it, all these people are reading this and i mean if you know if you're gonna post that on a musky page you already know we're all in there if you're really you know a hardcore angler and that's what you like to do you're stalking those pages for the most part you don't know a whole lot that doesn't go on on those pages so all i'm saying is don't be a schmuck if you have a problem reach out to the person that built your rod don't just go out there and slander people online it's not cool. Makes you look like a jackass. Amen. Yeah, I hate that. Hate slander. I mean, like you said, if you get a hold of him, I'm sure he'll take Dude, care of what your have, problem. And I have broken several rods on my own account, like out of my own stupidity. Like when I was learning to cast and everything, I can't tell you how many tips I broke on river pigs. So he's awesome customer service. Tom will take care of you any day of the week. I endorse him. Keep making a fine Absolutely. predator, Rod Pal. Absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 bull crap. And you don't have to you know what I mean? Like you said, just quick, get a hold of and whatever and go on on to the next. Yeah, it's not like you, you know? gotta sit through, you know, elevator music while you're waiting for him. He's he's an actual person. He'll answer your phone call. <laughs> well said. Um on that note, hey, we're gonna take a break. Uh, we're going to come back with Rick Eilier uh, and talk some sail fishing. Hey, we're back with our good buddy Rick Eilier. Man, dude, it's great to talk to you. Uh, haven't s- talked to you since, I mean, we've been talked through text, but I haven't talked to you, you know, in person uh, since the Beast of the East. Talking to you about some Ohio State stuff, it's probably been October. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, October, yeah. You guys got, I was watching it in the, uh, in the airports. That's right. And, yeah, that's and, right. You and, sent me a picture. Yeah, and I actually uh, got the Wi-Fi on the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, wife gave me the permission to get the old Wi-Fi on the plane. Well, she loves Buckeyes, too, so we sat and watched it next to each other all the way while we were flying home. So, was, yep. you know, good game. It was fun. We also got beat at the end and, you know, sad that end was to the, the best season. Part of the season. That was the best part of the season. Yeah, sad, sad end to the season. But hey, what are you gonna do? 
Anytime the Buckeyes lose, that's a good college football weekend. They're all in this year, so uh, they, they've gone all, all in. I think they got every Alabama player that transferred out and a few new coaches. So may, if they don't make it this year, it's uh, Ryan at, uh, Day's ass. So I did see that. We <laughs> yeah. were uh, – I had my heart set that uh, Franklin was going to enter the transfer portal, but it never really came through. <laughs> so, got to got to just do what we can for this year yet. Yeah, our uh, my our co-host here, Jim Franklin, he shares his name with the the coach. That's right. Yeah. Sorry about that, James Franklin. You damn football yeah. guys! I swear, man, it's like just listening to you guys talk. It's like another language. <laughs> So hey, what other than that? Uh, what's been new with you? And uh, you know, you, you I've seen you've been doing a lot of local fishing. The season's coming up for you, and uh, what you're going to be up to? It sounds like I'm going to be coming down and trying to see what you're up to. Uh, I'd love to have you come down. It's it was a great first year down here. You know, it's all new water for me and, and learning different fisheries, and and it's been a, a fun challenge and and very challenging at times. But this past fall, we had a, a really big striper bite that uh, surprisingly came through here that uh, the locals said you know, they haven't had striper fishing down here by Cape Charles like that in probably seven, 10 years or so. So they had a lot of trophy size, 40, 50 inch fish coming up through here to spawn in the Chesapeake that turned out really good. And a bunch of my friends from back up in the Northern Bay did really well in light tackle up there as well and the big stripers. So that was fun. Um, after that kind of simmered out right before Christmas, my neighbor who's been teaching me the offshore game down here talked me into going out with him and, and trying for bluefin tuna. And man, that was some pretty exciting stuff. <clears throat> you guys ever done anything like that? No. I've never been in the ocean at all. No, fishing. me either. I, I I got a my pecker tugged whenever I went to Florida last year for a little bit, but that was it. I mean, yeah. I didn't catch it. I didn't catch fish, so I don't count that. It has been very exciting living down here. It's like where I live in Cape Charles, it's like a sandbar right between the ocean and the Chesapeake, maybe 15, 20 miles wide only. And hmm. um, this year, it's it's been some phenomenal fishing. And for whatever reason, probably because they were following the Manhattan schools that came down the coast, but the, uh, the bluefin tuna came down six to 10 miles right off our coast. Uh, right at the end of December. So my neighbor and I ran out and stocked up on some lures that we were told would be good and went out and gave it a whirl. And we uh, we finished up with uh, five bluefin tuna, two of which were uh, legal size to keep. And, man, that was some pretty exciting stuff. That is a hell of a powerful fish. Is there any – I mean, can you compare, like, that kind of force to anything else, like – that you could think of yeah probably if you were out casting and you accidentally hooked a truck out on the highway yeah <laughs> <laughs> so when they, when they first hit i mean you, you're just hanging on and they're just stripping line off that reel so fast it's incredible and then you slowly start to get it back and you actually start backing down and chasing the fish to get the line back what uh Some what the, kind of setups were you guys using oh uh, we were using big uh 50 80 wide uh, level one reels, you know, built for this stuff, fishing rods that were like the size of a broom handle stuff that I've, what kind of, really what kind of pound drags are you guys running on those? Um, I think the, the other, I think the reels, most of the reels we were using were like 25 pound on them, maybe a little more. A lot of that stuff's still new to me. 
we were throwing well we weren't throwing we were trolling they call them mojos but they were like these big parachute rigs that were 16 ounce to get down and believe it or not we were catching these tuna in 35 feet of water it was pretty crazy so when you hooked them they you know they really couldn't dive down on you they just took off running Hmm. 35 feet of water that that seems that that's pretty shallow right for that yeah that's that's what i'll be surprised about i mean i i used to watch a lot of wicked tuna but i really don't remember yeah (laughs) they don't ever show us their depth finders you know and they usually will tell you but uh I, I honestly don't remember. I, a lot of the guys just even sitting there usually dead fishing sometimes. Some guys were trolling, but you did the trolling kind of method. Yes. Yeah, that's unfortunately what the bulk of this stuff is. I would have loved to have been. We saw plenty of bluefin breaking the surface, right? As they were to school up bait and they would blow it up. You would see these, you know, two, 300-pound bluefin tuna come out of the water blowing up on bait. And I would have loved to have been casting some kind of uh, – spook or popper out across there like they do up in north jersey those boys running off long island totally could have done the same thing here but the guys that i was out with they're all trollers even that i i mean are you you're talking about with uh just throwing gear just even gear poppers and oh, things yeah. Of that na- yeah yeah but they're using like fourteen thousand reels sure sure yeah you know not our little three and five thousand reels that we commonly use down here Yeah, okay. cool stuff. Oh. yeah, it was pretty cool. So we did that for the better part of uh, the end of December. And then things kind of slowed down. Guys right now down here are doing a lot of the sea bass fishing off the reef sites out in the ocean. Some of them are running as far as 30, 40 miles off site or offshore to go find these uh, structures out there and then just bottom fishing for sea bass. It's all right. I've done it a couple times. Did it's not really uh... Didn't you just get a new boat as well pretty recently? Yeah, last spring. I sold my uh, little river jet I had and uh, started shopping back around and got back into a center console. So I'm running a uh, 25-foot center console down here with twin 200s on it. Nice. What's the furthest you've taken that out? Uh, Right now I've only been eh, maybe 20, 25 miles off with it. How long did it take you to do that? Oh, that's about... That's probably about a 45 to hour ride to get out that far, depending how flat the seas are and getting out there. It's not too horrible, especially when you no, got two. It's not awful. You got your monster motors back there. Yeah. Yeah. The, the further you put that hammer down, though, the faster those things are drinking that fuel. Yeah. <laughs> so you try to find that balance. But it, it's a good setup. I took it then, and I'm sure you guys have saw some photos, put a, uh, a second tower station on it. Um, to go out and do some of the sight casting, and, and that's where my heart's at. That is just so much fun. That is a ton of fun. Yeah, I, just... I saw you riding around on the top of the of the center console. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty badass. So, so, so while you're all the way up there, how rough is too rough of the of a sea for you to be up that on that high up on the boat? Uh, you you start getting into anything. Two to four, you're rocking around up there pretty good. Yeah, I feel like you'd be just, you feel like you're on a giant buoy up there on the very, very tippy top. Well, as I say, yeah, picture it like, you know, a top. You're at the, uh, when you're down in the boat, it's not near as bad as when you're up on top of the roof. The sway is much bigger. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It's like like standing on top of a ladder while you're in your boat. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But, uh, 
it's, it's I just thoroughly enjoy it. It is a ton of fun. And last year, you know, my biggest struggle was just getting out on this wide open water down here and just really getting out and learning the patterns of the cobia and, and the big bull reds, and, you know, where they are, where the different flats are that I can find them, what time of the seasons. A lot of stuff is pretty heavy dependent on the tidal flows too. So, you know, putting all that pattern together and slowly starting to figure it out. It, it was a long summer, but uh, by the end of the season, we started uh, getting it down and we're able to get into some fish consistently. I know uh, one of the coolest things that I seen you catch was uh, the tile fish. Oh yeah. That was early last year. And that, that was another first for me. I'd never done that. We were catching those fish in six to 800 feet with electric reels. Yeah. What? That's what I'm saying, dude, they yeah. look, they're freaky looking, man. It was unbelievable. They're just so different. Yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate, you know, where I moved in down here, I've got a really cool neighbor and goes out and does all this stuff. And he's not been doing it much, much longer than me, but he's grown up around it. And uh, he said, you know, come on out, we'll go out for these uh, golden tile. And, of course, I'm like, what the hell is that? So I had to look it up, and we go out, and, you know, we're dropping three, four-pound weights with your bottom rig on the bottom. And these fish live in mud holes on the bottom. Folgers can full of concrete. Yeah, right. And then, uh, and then they'll come out of the holes and and, and whack your bait, and you got to feel that bite, six hundred feet down. So it took a while to get used to that. But believe it or not, you can actually feel them when they hit it. At six hundred feet, huh? Mm-hmm. Very subtle. I mean, you got uh, you got so much some of the guys weight. Leave I mean, the rod not right in the gunnel. And you watch the rod tip, and you'll start to, you know, figure the pattern, and you'll notice a different type of tip movement, very similar to what they do for the deep dropping for swordfish out here. But I was I was struggling with that, and I had much better luck just holding the rod and getting a feel for the the weight going in and out of the mud a little bit, bring it up a little higher, and then you would start to feel the tug when they hit it. But it wasn't a lot. Huh, and... I mean, obviously, you can't be using any kind of electronics or anything for that. You just, that's all knowledge. And, I mean, Correct. obviously, you could see that it's 600 feet deep. It's probably still reading depth and everything else, but not, I mean, that's. Fish. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty far down. I mean, I just. You'd have to have know, a 65-inch monitor, uh, I mean, man, to even see it, a pinprick. You, know, oh. you, you see a lot of the guys, you know, and, in, in, you know, when talking about even the bluefin and stuff like that, you know, they're marking them and. They see they're seeing fish. They know fish are there. They're following bait. They see bait. They're using their, you know, they're using um, <clears throat> their technology and everything they have there. So I just didn't know what you were using at 600 feet. Yeah, just straight deep dropping over uh, certain sets of GPS numbers that uh, you know guys have acquired over the years on spots and knowing where to go. Man, latitude, go. longitude. There you go. Oh, that's it. These guys out there, you know, have been doing it and got their networks and they've got their uh, certain areas where, you know, it's a drop off from what I learned you're looking for. and You're looking for that muddy bottom where they'll burrow in the holes. And uh, and apparently they're living big colonies down there. So if you find the areas, then generally you're in them. Um, but very, very cool fish. I mean, they grow up to 40, 50 inches, break 50 pounds. And they were fantastic eating. Now, they were unbelievable. I was going to say, now, obviously, that's not a fish that you can go and fish for and want to catch and release. Because that fish is probably not going to make it from pulling it up from that depth. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, I would say so. You know, their eyes are all 
boggled out and their yeah. bellies are all blown out their mouth when you get them up from those depths. But that's been the biggest struggle with the, the culture, you know, going from the type of fishing that we all do to this offshore stuff. And, uh, you know, it's more of a catch and keep culture down here. So, Fill the box. so with catching a fish that deep and then like you saying that you ate it and it, and it was delicious, I mean, do you notice a difference in the type of fish, like catching something that's from that depth versus like, say, catching like a sailfish or a swordfish or something? Yeah, the, uh, well, I mean, different fish have different textures. The golden tile was really nice. It, it, uh, it'll remind you of a texture of like lobster meat. It, it was really, really good. Um, and, but then you can go out there and catch, well, you don't catch sea bass that far down, but, um, you know, some of the sea bass you're catching down there in a hundred feet or so like that. And they're, they're just another good fillet type fish, flaky fish, but they've got, they got a, a big variety and a lot of great different eating. I had my first Wahoo this year. I caught a 42 pounder. We were down, uh, we took the boat down to Outer Banks, went out to Oregon, Oregon Inlet. That was last May. We actually caught two Wahoo that trip. One was 72 pounds, and the other one was uh, 42 pounds. And that probably last year was my favorite eating fish. That fish was fantastic. I bet you those. That I could get into doing again. I bet you they had a set of choppers on them. Oh, man. That fish could fight. That uh, that fish actually fought harder than the sailfish trip that I was just on not long ago. Those wahoo are insane. Yeah, that I could get back into doing some of that Wahoo. And we on that particular day too, we were finding them. Now we were down at the outer banks, so we were able to get out a little further, but we were 20, 25 miles off the coast only, and we were out there fishing for them. You know, and in amongst all that, you're catching Ahi and, and some different style fish too, which keeps it interesting. But it's been fun. It's 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 a lot of different fisheries to learn down here. So what would you say? out of everything that you've taken your own boat to what what's your favorite thing that you've done so far cobia yep that's my favorite that's the closest to my style fishing that i enjoy you get to hunt them it's all uh sight casting now a lot of the locals down here do all the bottom fishing you know you go up anchor up on some ledges and drop down baits on the bottom and you'll catch plenty of them but they uh when they eat they come up and they'll just ride under the surface you know, I guess some of the, the theory is they're up there catching the sun rays to help digest food and whatnot, and uh, they'll just be cruising. And there's nothing like coming up behind one of them, seeing them swim and making that perfect cast, and they go bazonkers when you when you get on them. They are great fighting fish. What's your biggest cobia you've caught so far? Uh, this year, I think we only got, it was probably a 44-inch, I think. Yeah, we did trophy size down here is 50. So I've, I've seen a couple that were well up there, um, but did not hook any that big. Um, yeah, it took me the better part of summer to really start getting <clears throat> dialed in and, and starting to consistently see them and um, and then getting used to casting out of a tower and doing all that type of stuff. It, it was quite different. Is there a slot limit on them? Uh, there is a size limit. They have to be, uh, i got to remember now, I want to say 40 inches or above. I need to look that up because I do think they actually change too. Clicking and popping. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you type fast. Yeah, and you really, really, yeah, you really do. I can't type that fast. Um, Is that right? No, I I only swing. I only swing a hammer fast. That's all I do. My Uh, man's over here at like ninety six to one hundred and ten a minute. I heard that. (laughs) The Kobe fishing is fun because you can go out and catch and release them all day long. You know, they're they're a hardy fish. They're tough. 
and uh, you can get them in. They're, they're just, they're a great fighting fish, and there's plenty of them down here. So, I mean, and, and on, um, <clears throat> for keeping them in my, my question, even on that was, those are great, great fish to eat. I mean, I, I've had Kobia. Oh, yeah. uh, um, I think you brought it. I don't think I had it when you brought it, but I've had it before. Uh, oh, that's right. Dude, was that the Po Boys? The yeah, yeah. At, we didn't uh, get to meet. At the uh, Beast. Yeah, yeah. We didn't get invited over there with all you cool guys. Um, <laughs> you were like dead at the cabin, weren't you? The night before, but I was good that day. Um. <laughs> Yeah, we cooked up a bunch of it. That was a good time. <laughs> but so what, I mean, I know you said you caught some bluefin and a few other things, and you're keeping those. What What is your, I mean, cobia, your preference to keep? Uh, what's your favorite yeah, thing to I get into say, and keep some fish? Neat. Samantha and I's favorite fish down here has long been cobia. It's like a good steak meat. I don't know if you've ever had uh, swordfish. It'll remind yes. me of that. Yes. It's just a, a good solid steak fish fantastic on the grill we love it mm. until i got caught um and tried some of the wahoo wahoo is by far the best in in our opinion we loved it we ate it as sushi and we ate it as steaks oh, great fish very yeah. similar consistency right a very good steak meat and and then i would say you wahoo know, is also didn't it have like five names Oh, that's right. Out in Hawaii, they call it Ono, Uno, Ono. I think. Oh, okay. It's not the same thing I'm thinking of then. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. I'm the thinking like Mai Mai. That's not the same thing as Mai Mai. No, because like Mai Mai is like a Dorado. That's okay. That's Mexico. Dorado. Okay, that's yeah. yeah. That's what you were catching in. Okay, Mexico then. Yep. Yep. Okay. Same fish over here on the east coast. We call them Mai, and and over on the Pacific coast, they call them Dorado. Okay. Yeah. But then our, our other great eating fish down here is the uh, the redfish that we get down here. And, and redfish is some, especially blackened, it's uh, it's some fantastic fillets mm. for for dinners or uh, just making sandwiches out of it. It's good stuff. Maybe I'll bring some of that up for the beast this year. Just that don't, sounds great. Just make sure you bring the oysters, Rick. Yeah, right? Right? We There is no shortage of oysters in this county down here. I'm still waiting the to get a crab. I heard we get there as, as a farming industry down here. Uh, both oysters and clams in this county is $84 million worth of revenue come out of here just for oysters and clams. So it's uh, this county is very much dedicated to the aquaculture industry and, and growing those uh, those types of uh, oysters and clams. I'm still waiting to get a crab. Oh, yeah. There's no shortage of those. That's everywhere. Have you gotten a crab yet, though. Jay? Well, back in the day, I mean, right, you know, I, no, I college, mean, that, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, oyster. come on. Didn't, yeah. I mean, didn't we all get that? All right. I'm talking I mean, a, cra a crab that didn't oh. involve trimmers. Oh, oh no. Uh, have I had crabs? No, Jay. Have you, gotten a, <laughs> have you gotten a crab in your oyster yet? No, I, I, I gave that one to you last year. As I say, we had a couple at the Beast that had little crabs. Yeah, them. I gave that one to you. I gave it to somebody else because I didn't want to eat it. That's a delicacy. I've never opened one yet that had a crab in it. Yeah, I, I remember either. I opened, or you opened the one and handed it to me, and I'm like, I'm not eating that. I think Nick from up in New York had one, too. I think he tried it. Yeah, wasn't me. I'm not eating this bug-infested thing. <laughs> no, I, I had more oysters this year than I've ever oh ate my, my whole God. life. So, I mean, oh, dude, oysters I, is shit. Really? I mean, I 
the ones that you bring up are better than I've ever had that were from around here or in Columbus or wherever I was. So, you know, they're very yeah, good. Very doing good. A lot of my different work travels and it's hard to beat the oysters that come off the eastern shore of Virginia. They are they are some of the best oysters around right here. Yeah, they're very. Uh, they have that oceany taste, that salty, very very, very grimy. Oh yeah, they're very good. They're they're wonderful. I I I really like them. Um, I, and I'm not I'm not like a guy who goes out and seeks them out. And really, really, it's I, I look forward to them every year though when you bring them. I was an oyster shucking machine this this past year. Yeah, you folks are starting to get good at it. There was a couple times where you know you got some some finger banging going on with the shells, but right. So yeah, they're, they're good stuff. So uh, you have a, a cool neighbor that you keep mentioning, um, he, and he took you on, or not took you, but uh, introduced you to going to Guatemala in this uh, yeah. off season time that you guys have at home, uh, and you took a great video of it. Uh, let's go into. First, just take us through the trip, and then we'll get into what you did for the video of the trip. Yeah, so so I'm pretty fortunate. My neighbor Trey is uh, as much into the offshore fishing as I am into the you know the bay and the inshore stuff. So it's been fun. Each of us learning each other's kind of favorite style of fishing, and he's a fanatic about billfish and has always wanted to go over to the Pacific Coast to do the uh, spring sailfish that goes on over there. And talked me into taking a trip with him. We fished for four days, basically a week. We went, flew out on a Sunday and came back on a Friday. And we went to uh, San Marino, Guatemala, and fished. And what an amazing trip. We had a blast. So he took care of coordinating it all and really did what I usually do. Is he was the trip leader. So it was nice to have somebody else doing it for once. And planned it all out. And we flew through Atlanta and went into Guatemala City. And that was pretty interesting. I mean, the, the whole thing about the trip was a lot of fun. And we landed there. And you feel like a fish out of water when you land in another country like that, right? Trying to find the guy who's picking us up from the lodge we're at. Everybody's speaking Spanish. The airports are nothing like the airports we have here. You were a and, true uh, gringo. Oh, we were. Yes, we were. And throw in the fact that I'm walking around everywhere with a GoPro, right? So we're definitely sticking mm. out like tourists. And we had a three-hour car ride out across the uh, Guatemala countryside to get down to the coast. And it was pretty cool. That was a lot of the experience there was just seeing it. It's everything you could imagine of that kind of Central America community. You know, we saw nice homes that you would see around here. And, and we saw the stuff you see on the movies and whatnot, you know, shacks with the rusted corrugated tin roofs and stuff. Oh yeah. So it was a little, it was a little bit of everything. We saw the uh, their police were uh, very well armed with long rifles and stuff, standing around at the airport and whatnot. So it was interesting. <laughs> Rick's just going you through know, this airport with they all got AKs. Shoot, with right, the, right. Number of them pouring over here. I'm surprised there are still people there. <laughs> Isn't that the uh, man? They're all. I mean, sheesh, even in my, our little town here. Um, I mean, that would be something else to see. I've never been to, uh, I've, the only other country I think I guess I could, I've been to is Canada, but that's it yeah, for me. That, it's nothing like this. This no, was the first no, time yeah. that I considered going out of the country. 
Um, yeah. And man, it was pretty cool. So, you know, Guatemala's got, I think it was four or five volcanoes in their country that you can see, you know, from oh, pretty wow. much anywhere. Two of them are still active. They're still venting out steam. And you could actually see the lava burns on the sides of the hills where they had, you know, they weren't doing it while we were there, but you could see that where it had done it. And that was pretty cool. I should have got some more of that stuff. But uh, the guy that was driving us was able to convey. and He would stop on the side of the road and we'd jump out and take pictures and stuff. That was pretty cool. And then if you saw in that video, the ride when we were going down with all the little street vendors and stuff like that, was that was kind of like the main street between the marina and where our lodge was. We were told, we asked about, you know, okay, can we go out there and after fishing one night, just go up and walk up, walk up down the street, check out the vendors, maybe do a little bar hopping. And the senoritas that were at our house doing all the cooking were like, no, 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 no. They, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. They, looked at, they looked at us like we were nuts. Yeah, you stay here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sir, so you go outside, cool. you are not coming back. And we were in a gated community too, so it was pretty nice, but... Yeah, it was interesting. It, it was a fantastic trip. So, you know, I've never been bill fishing and my offshore fishing has been just what little bit I've got to do this past summer. So I was real excited about it. So the first morning, you know, we're out the door, six, six thirty in the morning, leaving the dock shortly after that. And we were going eh, typically 20 to 30 miles offshore. And we were in, you know, they call it the blue water, right? It, it was amazing. Crystal clear blue water. Unbelievable how clear it was. We would see all kinds of marine life out there. So they put out, you know, it's all trolling. So they put out their spread, eight rods, a bunch of teasers. That's how they, apparently they, uh, you know, the, the selfish are attracted to the bubbles and all that type of stuff and the chuggers up top. Mm-hmm. And then you have ballyhoo that, they, that you're trolling kind of behind them. And you, and we had two, um, two rods in the boat, pitch rods, that we could pitch back some ballyhoo if they came up to the teasers up close to the boat, which that was exciting. That one was a lot more fun if we could do that. But we get to spread out the first morning. I don't even think the first or the last rod was back in the rod holder. And zing, that reel just starts ripping line. The mate grabs it. It was all circle hooks. Set the hook, and it was fish on. That fish launched out of the water, and that was the biggest fish I've seen jump out of the water and we were on and it wasn't five minutes into the fight of that one the other ride went off and we were doubled up and that was how we started the day and we averaged about 10 to 12 sailfish a day with that kind of action we ended up with three doubles and one triple over four days wow how do you uh so when a double's going on what's uh or is there communication between the two anglers or sometimes these fish going under over each other I mean, oh yeah we were man we were doing the dance back and forth you know the mate would grab you by the shoulders because they spoke broken english but they'd grab you and move you you had to put your rod under the other rod while <clears> while the other <throat> mate and your other buddies were clearing all the lines and getting stuff out of the way and then uh you know whichever one was the closest you would kind of back down on that one and, and get it to the boat first and let the other one out a little bit but i mean these these fish are jumping and tail walking the whole entire time it's unbelievable and when they get to the boat the colors on them when they are lit up was it was like electric blue under the water the gopro didn't even do it justice some of the video sure how how pretty they were and um you know and everything down there is 
they don't necessarily judge them so much on the size as their thing down there is how many a day you leader, right? So like if you were tournament teams, you, you're getting them in, taking the leader, and they they snap them, they snap them off, and then it's a small circle hook, and the leader falls out or rusts out, and they swim away, and they don't really mess with the fish. So the the bulk of I think we ended with like forty sailfish to the boat, and the bulk of them we just you break the leaders and they they swim off. Um, but you know we like to get in our pictures and and stuff like that. So they uh, they typically don't bring them the boat. That's not really the conservation type thing to do since it is a sport fish. Uh, so you can you bring them up to the side and you saw how we kind of pulled them up a little bit to get some really cool pictures with them. What but, kind of uh, what kind of boat did they have you guys on? We were on a 31-foot Bertram out there. So it was one of the smaller sport fishers that were there. There's were definitely some big 40, 50-foot sport fishing boats there, that, you know, the, the multi-million dollar ones that you just drool over when you go by. And those guys were just so in tune to uh, the area, they just kind of knew where to take you, or were they following birds in activity, or how did you guys kind of get on the fish? Yeah, so they, you know, they're obviously out there doing it every day, and they've got their network and tracking it, but sure. they keep track of kind of where the bait's mostly at. They're looking for that. They were watching for birds. You know, we did see a couple bird shows. We would see Benita busting out of the water, and we would go over, kind of circle over that way. Um, and then they had the Mahi, or, or they call them Dorado, but they, they were everywhere. We were in those every day, all day. And uh, the, the nice thing about their mahi is they were much, much larger than what we typically catch here on the East Coast. And I don't know any other particular reason that maybe we just have more people fishing for them over here that, that they they don't get to grow as large. But it just seemed like even their smallest mahi that we caught was like a large one for us up here on the upper East Coast anyway. I know down, I think, like the Outer Banks of South, they get you can get mahi up in the, like, 48 50 inches and stuff but we caught a bunch of them that were in that 25 30 pound range mahi they were a ton of fun too were you able to keep those fish those we did brought them in they filleted them right there on the spot threw them on ice and as soon as they were chilled down they were slicing them up a sashimi for us Mm. with uh some soy sauce and some some uh, onion cut up on them. It was so good. One day they did them up with uh, slices of jalapeno on them and cilantro. Mm. Oh, it was so good. Right on the boat. Right on the boat. Then for lunch, they would fry them up. They were making us fish tacos and all kinds of different stuff with the mahi. It was pretty cool. Mm. Sounds terrible. We were, yeah, right. It was, <laughs> it was just, it was just, it reminded me like how we do the beef. So I just take, we do a lot of really good eating. And it was the same thing on, on this trip. We went back every night and there was, three senoritas in the uh, house that we were in the house would sleep 10 and our group was four and there was another group of five there we all had our own rooms and they would uh they would cook us breakfast lunch and well they didn't do lunch they would send the supplies out on the boat but then uh we would come back to a big you know multi-course dinner that they had there it was phenomenal the girls were great cooks pretty cool It it was a great trip man it was it was quite the experience something i had never done and it, it was just really cool to get into some of that bill fishing and, and see what it's all about you, i wish we had that kind of fishing on the east coast it would be more interesting to, to take the hard ride out here you've got to go 60 70 miles out right to get into you know blue marlin and white marlin type fishing and then you're hoping to catch one two maybe three a day 
where here we were catching 10 to 15 a day. So uh, you put a pretty good film together uh, of of your trip. Uh, can you take us through what what cameras you took? I mean, was it all GoPros? And uh, even at that, how much time did you really put into filming to get a 10-minute film? Because uh, Jim and I want to really do a, a justice of this Kentucky uh, trip, I, and we want to get some B footage, and we want to really do it right. And um, yeah. you, did, you did a good job of it. You you held my attention for 10 minutes, and my attention, Is that right? yeah, my attention span hits about 4:33, and it's usually about done with any film that I'm watching. And you held me for 10 minutes, so I, I thought you did a good job. Of, it's probably uh, getting into it more. I know, love so your narration. What's that? I love oh, your, that was the first time I tried that. <laughs> I love your narration. You got a very Morgan Freeman-esque voice. Yeah, I, I would even like to even more narration. Wow, well, it's funny. Is I had ideas to do others, and I did the first one. I'm like, man, I'm such a dork. I, I'm not doing this. And I, and I kind of stopped. And then all my friends and stuff and the kids, when they watched it, they're like, man, you should have done more of that. You should have. Like, you really yeah, should have. Yeah, so, your voice so that sounds was great. cool to see that, that, that people liked it. Um, I've been enjoying it. Samantha got me that GoPro for Christmas, I think, three years ago now and started messing around with it, musky fishing. Yeah, that was a ton of fun, capturing all that and did it a little bit at the beast. But each time, you know, I would put something together and I'd be like, oh, I should have done it different. And I'm like you guys, right? You know, we watch hours of YouTube videos, fishing YouTube videos on here all the time. So you start watching the videos with a different mindset to like, oh, that's a good angle or that's a cool way of presenting yeah. that. And then you just start remembering more and more of it as you do it. But I'll be honest, that last podcast you guys did with Brian, and um, he mentioned that uh, video editor he used. And I went and downloaded it and, and bought it, and it really made a huge difference. Because up until then, all the other videos I had done were just off the GoPro Quick app. And you're real limited to what you can do with that. So I've switched over to, and I can't remember what it was called. I'm, now I'm, a, I'm a Da Vinci guy, man. Is that right? I'm all Da Vinci. I was so into that. I got like no work done the week after that trip because I was so up here just messing with that video nonstop. And uh, it was a lot of fun. So it was, you know, I learned to go through all my individual GoPro clips first and cut out all the nonsense. And uh, I created a separate folder make called favorites. Yeah, make them yep. smaller. Yep, make them smaller, put them in there, and then start sorting through them. And then, of course, the first time i loaded all the video into the thing i crashed her laptop because the memory couldn't handle it because i think i was over 20 minutes so i started backing all that stuff out and trimmed it down even more and uh even after i finished it i'm like ah, i wish i would have done this or done that and done some other stuff there was i had a lot of other things from the dinners at the lodge and some of the girls on there that were doing the cooking and whatnot i could have put some of that in there too for some different stuff but i was just so into those billfish underwater that was a beautiful fish. It was fantastic. And that jumping was cool. So, you know, and there's a lot of guys that do that on the fly rods down there, which was my goal originally going down with these fellas. I was like, man, if you guys catch enough to where everybody's kind of good with it, you know, I'd love to try it on a fly rod. And those guys, they carry a 14 weight rod on the boat for it. But what I didn't realize is it's a completely different, trolling setup so like you got to bring all the gear in you got to switch it all up you can only 
troll on one side because you got to have the other side to be able to make your fly cast. So you can't have all those outriggers and stuff out there. And, um, you know, really switch it all up. And I kind of felt like it was going to be selfish of me to try to do that yeah. when the other three guys didn't fly fish. Guys, hey, I'm not going to try to ruin your time, but I'm going to yeah. ruin your time. The one guy was pretty cool. He's like, man, if you really want to do it, and we got talking to the guy, and it's like, all right, I've never done it. So, you know, the odds of sticking the first sailfish or two that come up to the teasers would probably be slow margin or low margin. So it would probably take a couple and. I didn't want to waste an hour or two of the guys' times when they could have all been winding fishing at the same time. So understandable. Hopefully, you go back and do it again and go uh, specifically for trying to do it on a fly rod. That trip was amazing. If I could catch one a day doing that, it would be so worth it. The just the thrill of those fish coming into the teasers. You would see their bill slashing out of the water like they're trying to slash at the bait. Sometimes you would see their sail sticking out of the water as they were coming in. It was just badass. So you really were just cool you were just holding the the GoPro out there for hours and hours and hours on end to get that ten minutes though. That's what I was like. Yeah, uh, you, I don't like, know about the that. I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, because it looked like you got a lot of good footage. Like, was that just? So I'll tell you the key. Is, holy shit! You were just. It was like, I mean, and yeah. the nonstop action obviously helps getting good footage and having feel. the time to even okay if you haven't caught one fish. You're not worried about filming the one good fish. You're not going to film the mess, you know, right. mess anything up or, you know what I mean, of that nature. Uh, but so it I seemed like you got great video of yourself. You had the Beast of the East. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, right? Yeah, you had the Beast of the East solar, uh, solar uh, shirt on. Yeah, man, you were out there doing it. Uh, man, uh, so, like... When you go home, it's just it's you're just editing and editing, and it's just taking that little bits of footage of those things, and you're looking at the best little sections and moments, and it's all just clipping and different things. And that's it. Three hours of video from four days of fishing. So what I did, I bought an eight foot, well, a telescoping one, but a uh, an eight foot selfie stick. And I had that on the boat so that we could reach out to get some of those really cool angles where we held the fish on the side of the boat and took pictures mm -hmm. that we did that as video. And then I just screenshot the video to get the picture. And then that first day I told the guys, I said, you know, most of the guys I went with weren't all that into it. Um, but I told them I was taking this GoPro and I'd enjoy it. If, you know, at any time they saw something, if they would just pick it up, all they had to do was hit the red button and start filming. And I was fortunate that two of the guys took to it. So, cause normally I never get any video of me fishing and whatnot. So I told the guys, you know, how to do it and showed them and just told them, Hey, the, the only advice I can give you is when you, you know, you hit record, just move slow. You just don't want to be all herky jerky with it and bouncing all around, but just move slow. And I said, there is no bad video because you need a ton of video to get the good moments. And, uh, the first day they tried it a little bit, we're screwing up and getting it and, by the second day, everybody was starting to get into it. And we pretty much filmed almost every fish. So it was pretty cool. And then, you you know, you, you go through all those. And, and Jimmy, you know, right? You got to have, you take 10 pictures to get one great picture. It's the same thing with the video. Yeah. You got to take a couch of video to get a couple good clips that you would want to actually use. And, uh, and we just got better. And we actually got fortunate. One of the mates on the third and fourth day 
got into it too. So when some of us were up, if one of us didn't grab it, he would grab it and he would film for us as well. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, yeah that's the key is just getting everyone in your party to engage in it and, and want to be part of taking video. And then you get a, a lot better content. Well, I'm talking Jay into it. Oh right no, we're now. yeah, we're all no, we're we're gonna get a lot of good beat. I we I I'm all in on trying to get some good video. We're talking about trying to get as much B film as we can. Yeah, you know, just just you know us loading our shit, me loading this, going down, picking up Justin, loading that, you know, all his stuff. Well, and and the, Chris you know. has got a GoPro. I mean, you can get him doing it. You know, hopefully he can run a GoPro better. He's than bringing he runs his drone. Well, hopefully he could do that better than he runs a musky net down there. Ah! Uh, uh, oh, fuck yeah. And yes. I'd hate to see him repeat that incident down there on that river. I think oh. I would hear Mark yell all the way up here and hear up to Virginia if he did that again. Oh, dude. I, oh, man. I, Mark will so. I don't even want to think about, I don't even want to think will, about that happening. Mark will sew his pockets shut with braid. Right? Like, just right. sew them shut. Wire just wing. Although wing, if, wing. If, if he does, if Chris does fuck up another net job, I'll likely get my spot back on the Urban Cartel. <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> there'll be that open spot on that boat next year. There definitely will. Uh, right. Raz, Raz will definitely be. Uh, it'll be you, Raz, and uh, and Mark. Yeah, yeah, Mark. Chris, uh, Chris just got moved out. I don't care what boat we're on. Right, we'll, we just might we'll, be on the side of the road with our thumbs out we'll, looking for a boat we'll, ride. We'll find a boat. <laughs> uh, Mark and Chris both, ha- uh, Mark and Chris Raz both have boats, but oh shit, they're not quite the G13s. You guys could make an incredible video of that trip, and that I tell you, that would be something special for Dave and those guys for the inaugural, you know, tournament that they're doing. That kills me that I'm missing that. Uh, what a road trip you guys are gonna have, and um, if you make a cool video. The one thing I would say is set some time aside in the evenings or, or while you're on the boat and just take some shots of each other talking about the trip or something about the day and get some of that narration content in there. I've not done a good job of that yet. And every time I go back and watch some of the videos that I'm learning how to do, I always wish I'd get some of that. I w- the only thing I was going to say that like your video, that, man, I swear if, if you would have got just you or your buddy sitting down in front of a camera and yeah. talking a little bit about the experience you're having while you were having it. I Probably mean, that, you know, cake. that video would have been good enough to send into the F3T. <laughs> I, honestly, dude, it's I, I, I watch the F3T every year. It's, also it's not that. I mean, that's a good video. If you throw a little backstory to it and talk and blah, yada, yada, yada behind it, all the footage was right there. Like, the best footage was there. I mean, I'm, I'm talking story, about it wasn't man. fly fishing and everything, but I'm saying you're filming, and your film, yeah. as far as the 10 minutes even went, if it's five more minutes longer because you add the, you know, the storyline to what you just filmed. But so you, filmed you filmed the important shit. You yeah. filmed what was important to, or what is important to us about an experience. You know all the other crap that you're we're all talking about now, which is you know, them you talking about the experience, say yada yada yada, is the extra five minutes. And I mean, I I thought your film was that good. Like I, well, I, I thought it, it was it really from that a good. Memory and turns it into a story. Yeah, I sure, think that's sure. How you get there for the next level. Yep, tell the story, man, and you catch the audience, dude. Yeah, 
but I, yeah. I've had a blast with it. Slowly, each time yeah. I feel like I'm getting a little better and a little better. I was pretty. I love the. Uh, I love it. I love it, man. Rick, you, you did a great job, brother. Well, mm-hmm. I appreciate you that, really did. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Yeah, I agree. It's good, you know, and it starts out because my family enjoys seeing it and friends and whatnot, and they're all like, "Yo, when are you dropping your video, dude?" And uh, so that's kind of fun. You know, I, I enjoy that stuff. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a great video. It, I mean, I I. And it's inspiring us to, man, thinking like, man, we should do the same we're thing. We're doing or, it. You know. We're, this do whole it. trip. We're doing this whole trip. You take um, take video of the road uh, drive down. When you pick up your buddy, random stops at the, uh, what are those cool stops? Probably you'll run into them down south. Bucky's. You should look up and see if you go buy any of those. Those are the best rest stops to stop at. Convenience stores. And you just get little clips from all those places, and that's what I got to do better for the next time. If it's here at for Sheets, yeah, yeah, you're stopping at Sheets if you're in uh, Western Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, but I would. I wonder if they should have Bucky's somewhere down in Kentucky. I would think. I know it's a southern thing, but they're huge. You have not gone to a convenience store until you went to a Bucky's. So, so what bourbon places? I mean, and we'll, we'll um, if we're going to get outside of the, um, if you want any anything else about the film. That you are, you know, your your short little YouTube, whatever you want to call it, film. What's your plug, um, Rick? That you yeah. Were, what's my plug? No, I mean, anybody wants to go see it, we'll get to that at the end. But um, anything more about that before we get in the next topic? I think Chris sent me an email asking for the rights to my um, selfish video to show during his uh, film festival during the intermission. I think it's a great. I idea. think that's a great idea. I think that'd be a great idea, right? No, I'm all in, dude. That's what I'm saying. It 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 should be shown. <laughs> oh shit! I appreciate it. Uh, I I I like I said. I honestly enjoyed it. It 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 held my attention. My dad was like, "Send it on over." Uh, I I want to see it. So I uh, we're gonna promote it. Um, we're gonna put it up on our all of our social medias and everything else. That'd be cool. Yeah, it was uh you know it was just a fantastic trip. It's uh. A different style of fishing, no doubt, but it's it's interesting and exciting to learn some of these different fisheries and see how people do it. And, you know, the whole offshore, especially bill fishing game is is quite something. I'm not dropping everything I'm doing and loading up on offshore gear to start getting into it full time, but it is definitely something fun to go try and do and experience. It's a beautiful fish. Will you be making that trip uh, every year from now on, you think, or is yeah, that just a one-year type of thing? No, it, it definitely is not going to be a every-year trip, but we have already rebooked for next year. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we are going, um, I think it's the, whatever, the, the weekend of like the 15th, 16th, leaving somewhere in that time frame. Um, we got talking to the captains. He said, if you fellas were going to come back, peak season is mid to end January. So we're like, all right, we'll come earlier. And um, we're trying to get eight guys together so we can just take the whole house and take. There's two boats that come Jay. with that lodge and just take them both. Jay, so, or Jay, do you want to go to Guatemala? Yeah, it'd be a badass trip, fellas. It is a once <sighs> once in a lifetime experience. Your wife's gonna kill you. Uh, I, I don't know if I can go quite to Guatemala. I have to go to right? Canada. I have to go to Canada next year. So, all right, for for shiggles here, what uh, what does a trip like that approximately? Can you, so what you'll can be you surprised. expect? You would be surprised. So are you familiar with a, what an offshore trip going off the East Coast would cost if you went to, like, 
Ocean City, Maryland, or down here by me sure. to Virginia Beach to go get a day charter to go offshore for tuna or whatever. Yeah. What do you think that costs? Probably like seven, eight hundred, maybe a thousand dollars. I'd say twelve hundred bucks. Yeah, more. It's closer to three grand. And oh, you're wow. to go okay. get wow. an offshore charter guy over here in Virginia Beach to go out for the day. Twenty five hundred to three grand. We went four days fishing, five nights. All of our uh, food and alcohol was included. It was twenty eight fifty. Oh shit! Let's send me uh, send all in, it. all in, send yeah. all in. And then send all you it. needed on top of that was your plane ticket to get there. Oh so, shit! You know, then that probably wasn't. You gotta have either. a passport. Uh, and yeah, all yeah. That. yeah. Well, well we're, we're, getting, we're getting all that anyway. Yeah, but it was when he presented me that because originally I'm when he started talking about it, I'm like yeah, I don't love that kind of fishing that I'm dropping eight to ten grand is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Said if, you know, if you were doing more of an inshore type adventure, Belize for tarpon and permit, okay, maybe. He got, and then he told me the price. I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, didn't that, even have to think about it. Yeah, that's a that's a good price. That's not like if we saw shit. Even us, I'm I'm all in. I that's an right. affordable. That's an affordable yeah. affordable vacation. Our, you're you're, you're right with, though. That's not an doing. every year type thing, but. Yeah. Now, like, yeah. I, I can see my neighbor will end up doing it probably for a couple years because that's his jam. He loves that stuff. And, uh, you know, now that I've learned more about this Pacific sail fishery and the, the rooster fish that are over there, and there's this place, Mag Bay, that is evidently getting real popular for the uh, striped marlin and going out there and doing it on the fly and catching rooster fish and Dorado on the fly. And I'm like, all right, that's, I got to start looking into that a couple years down the road and go try something like that. I can see doing that. But I'll do one more trip with these guys just because it was it's a pretty fun time. But there's the you know the famous lodges down there. What's it? Tropic, Tropa Tropa Star Lodge and uh, Casa Viejo and those famous places. You know they're probably three times the cost of what we did. But you've got the big fancy lodge and the full staff of people and and you're fishing on big 40, 50 foot sport fishing yachts. But our trip was a clean house that we were in. We all had our own rooms. We ate great. You saw in the video the quality of the house and the pool we had out back. Oh, it looked, nothing short of a first-class operation. Looked phenomenal. Was impressive to us. Is on the the last day and a half, we were fully doing all the fishing ourselves. We were putting the spreads out. We were setting the hooks, doing everything ourselves, and that was pretty cool. The deck captain and mate was letting us do it to the point that. Some of us, I didn't do it, but like my neighbor was into it. He was leader in the fish and everything and bringing them up. So, you know, that was exciting. You're not going to find a, a offshore guide around here on the East Coast that would let you do all that stuff. Well, one, liability reasons, too. But, you know, they're not going to let you do all that stuff with their gear and whatnot. You know, and I, you know, and I feel like uh, guides. Um, they know. They they play that by year. That's they something know. they kind of play by they, year. If you as well. know what you're doing, yeah, and I, they can tell mm-hmm. that you I've know what even, you're doing. You know, even in guided trips, simple guided trips I've taken, you know, out west and everything. Guide told us if we didn't know what we were doing, we'd already be in the we are the boat would already be on the shore. You know, oh wow! And, and that kind of things. And this like with you guys, you, they could probably tell you guys are all kind of knew what the hell you were doing and mm-hmm. were interested, obviously and. And learning and being good at it, so you know that's awesome that you guys got uh, associated with somebody that was so you know uh, oh, hands on, you know hands on, and that kind of that kind of way. That's always a lot more fun. It was fantastic because you know at the end of the day, it's just trolling, which I would pull my hair out doing that over sure. here. But 
to be able to get hands on and learn how they're setting the spreads out and they're working those teasers and you see the sale coming up into the teaser and, and by them letting you get more involved and hands on, you know, it, it brought a little more of the fishing experience back into it, which I was grateful for. And, and then on top of it, I was just having a blast trying to capture video and stuff too. So everybody was good about it. Yeah, it's, I would say it's definitely a, a you know, a try it once kind of thing for those that are interested in the blue water and, and going and catching their first billfish experience. Yeah, and it seems like the numbers, like you said, the numbers are very high and your uh, your chances of catching fish is very high there for quite an affordable price at what you guys got. So, The one day we went, I was blowing 20. They were surprised that we still wanted to go. We were at the dock, 6.15, ready to roll. They're like, <laughs> all right. They're like, it's going to be rough. There was six-foot rollers out there. And uh, we're 20, 25 miles out. He, he took a uh, – he was going upwind. We were trolling at this point. We're going upwind, took a wave over the front that blew the starboard side of the windshield out in his uh, galley. We had to get tape and put it up in there and tape it shut. And it was pretty rough, and we were catching sailfish the whole entire time. It yeah. was amazing. The bite was, was on. We would go down in some of those swells, and you just disappeared from the horizon. Oh, I'm sure. It was amazing. So thank goodness – that only lasted till about like 11 o'clock noon. And then uh, as the sun got high and the heat kicked it, it laid back down again. But that was the worst day. The rest of that, it was relatively flat and calm. You can see in the video, for the most part, it was pretty flat seas. And uh, you, uh, whenever we were off the air, you, you told us that you were close to losing it on the on oh, waves. Six foot, you know, you're riding backwards sitting on the engine covers going out and you just up and down and it's in it's totally in your head and i had to get up and like face forward and kind of get some air going again i was feeling rough for a little bit and then once you kind of in fact once you catch a fish and get your mind off of it then everything you know everything turns out to be all right then but you can actually talk yourself into getting seasick hmm. for the most part some people naturally get it right but I typically have not gotten seasick, and that particular morning, I'm like, oh, I think I was already paranoid. I didn't want to be that guy that went out there, right, and I'm chumming over the side. Of yeah, the green in the gills first thing in the right. morning. I did not want to be that guy, and uh, but then once we got into catching fish and winding them in, it was all good. So uh, out of your whole trip, what was the biggest fish? Uh, the last day, we had one. We didn't get to measure anything, but he said to Captain Yelldown that that was a pounder. So that was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. We cheated on that one. That was the, the one fish they told us to pull it in. So we pulled it in, and the tail was hanging out the gunnel, and the tip of the bail, uh, the bill was hanging out the other side of the boat, and all four of us were holding it. Nice. Yeah, that was a pretty damn big fish. So that was pretty cool. And we put that in and watched it swim away. But the bulk of them were in that. 80 to 90 pound range call it probably what they told us so rick um we've had you going for at least an hour here now is that right i believe that it gotta be close right um anything you want to hit on uh, um the even muskie tournament uh experience there or when anything else before we uh move on to our next topics in the night yeah, no, I can't tell you how downhearted I am to miss that road trip with you fellas. This is this is what you know you live for in the musky world, and to go support Dave and what that Muskie Zinc chapter is doing down there. I think that's going to be a real exciting tournament that fits in the schedule well with everybody, right? What a great time of year to do it too. 
So I'll be thinking of you guys down there and hope you guys kick ass and represent the North. Um, and other than that, I just hope some of you guys come down and visit us over the summer. Samantha and I have got plenty of room and would love to have all you fellas come down. I've been telling Mark and Chris for a while. I'm still trying to get Pete down here. I cannot wait to get that crazy guy on some big bulls down here. I, so I really, uh, I really want very welcome to come down. I would love for my first saltwater yeah. fish to be with you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I want my first saltwater fish to be with you, Rick. Uh, I want to bring my wife. That. I want to bring my wife down too. Uh, we don't get to do enough just to her, her and I. So, uh, I think we deserve a little vacation by ourselves. Uh, Come this down, year. she would love it. Samantha will take her to the beach. We have a, Cape Charles is this great bougie little town on the Chesapeake side. It's got a little downtown area and then a beach out there, and the girls will have a blast. And they can even go on the boat with us too. I mean, we're literally right offshore. We're not far out. My wife loves fishing, so she would probably oh, love her first uh, outdoor experience on the ocean to be with you guys as well. So, You guys would have a blast. May, is a, May June is a great time to come down. The bull reds start showing up here. I'm, I'm dying to get the boat out of the driveway and get going, but they should get here hopefully uh, the first week of April, and then the Kobe will get here to mid-end uh, of May. Is it worth us to drive, or is it? Because uh, I'll do the the May June stuff sounds great, um, and I'm not trying to plan a trip right now. But um, is it worth us to fly, or are we just driving? I mean, what what's the Whatever. drive to there? Well, when I meet you guys for the Beast of the East, that's a nine hour ride for me. No, I'm towing, but you know, mm-hmm. Norfolk's right here. Say so you guys would just have to weigh the cost of, you know, is it cheaper and easier just to catch a quick flight from your area in the Norfolk, and I could pick you up. Um, or drive down. Half a dozen hours, probably whichever one works best for you guys. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's okay. Well, that yeah, Norfolk. I'll have to look, and that sounds that, but it it sounds very tempting. And honestly, I I've really really have been looking forward to getting into some ocean fishing. I would like to as well. So I'm in. Good. We well, I'd that. love to have you guys, all you guys, come down. I miss it. Miss the beast action and the camaraderie, hanging out with you fellas. And now that I'm further away, it seems like. I don't get up there and surprise you at the tying nights like I used to. Oh, I know. It was great. My my dad even, uh, you know, talks about getting to fish with you a couple, one time and uh, getting uh, meet you that night and your uh, your girlfriend and everything else. And he just, you know, he was always like, oh, yeah, Rick. Oh, Rick. Oh, I love Rick. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, fellas. All right, man. I'm going to hold you to it. This is the year you guys come down. Uh, it sounds good, man. And uh, it was great talking to you. And, uh you know, you're always welcome to come back anytime you want. Yeah, so when you guys get down there to Kentucky, when you're in the, the cabin parking lot or whatever, make sure you guys do a little training class with Chris on how to properly net musky. Oh, oh my God. Situation. We have to videotape Oh, that. we will, sir. Yeah, kind of like a little safety talk, you know, just just go over yeah. there. Just you in the boat, in the trailer, dipping the net, showing them how yeah. it works. It sounds... Probably would hurt them, sit in the boat a little bit, and just practice reaching over. Oh, that sounds great. That sounds great. We're going to do that. Uh, it's been great talking to you. That was perfect. See you, fellas. See you later, Rick. Hey, hey. So we're back. That was great. Uh, dude, that, that the trip that Rick went on sounds I'm amazing. I'm jealous, man. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I have mean, to do that. When I saw him holding that giant fish, I was like, wow. Even to think about holding something that big. Dude, my favorite thing about it was Rick narrating. That was that was yeah, the best. Again, I I I think he should do more than narration stuff. That was that was really really good. I I thought the video was wonderful. So, if you if you want to check that out, go to uh, Rick 
dot Eilier, um, just at Instagram, and you could go to his YouTube from there. Yeah, we'll leave, we'll leave a plug for him. Yeah, we'll leave a plug in the, our bio as well. I might uh, maybe his next uh, or see if he make can make us one of the. Uh, I learned to do that on Instagram <laughs> when you can make somebody else a uh, contributor to your and then it pop like your your things are the same. It's like an admin. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Uh last post I did with um with Sten. Uh he said, "Well, why don't you just repost that and make me a contributor on the on that post?" I'm like, "I don't know how to do that." <laughs> and he's like, "It's real easy, buddy. So just do this this this." And I'm like, "All right." And I'm sitting on my couch and I'm, "All right, I'm going to try this." I deleted the I deleted the original post and went through and it really wasn't that hard, you know. It didn't take a rocket scientist. I mean, I'm, I'm, damn I'm it, not technologically learning, advanced, but, but you're learning. I'm trying. And every one of our uh, guests, we should just do that. And I think that is a way for everybody to get to see what each of us is doing, and uh, is a good way to, you know, the people that like barbecue can now listen to our podcast and maybe even just get to listen to a, a little bit of it or maybe even just his episode or whatever it be and you know our more of our listeners can check him out and what he's up to so i think mm-hmm. that's a good way to get back and forth at each other i don't know i don't know the social media so well i'm 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 a i'm an <sighs> idiot and i need to, i need to You're really showing your age i know pops. i need to get i need to get better at this or just put this on you but i'm putting uh, even more on you all the time so uh, with this podcast and the video part of it, so uh, I'm trying to at least do a little bit. It's, it's okay. It's, it's hard. Sorry, right. I'm not good at we'll it. We'll all get to the top of the mountain eventually, buddy. So we'll we're, we'll get to something I'm actually halfway good at. So I went on a trout float, and it's a small stream and very very hard technical rowing. Like Mark will tell you, if you could row this place, you could row anywhere ever. Playing bumper bowling the whole way down. You're you're. You can be, and you got to take right lanes, and you don't have to get out of the boat. But if you're an idiot, you will. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So, we, it was. It was. Uh, I talked to Chris, um, and I said, if you're gonna go to the market, you know, anytime soon, you know, and you you drive over, uh, let me know kind of what the conditions are. And he said it's low, but it's it's floatable, you know. From what was still there from weeks ago when it was really everything was really high, yeah. Said it was it still had water in it. I'm like, all right. And we we, the, we were getting water the day before, and some storms rolled through, heavy storms. This is you know week uh, weeks ago, or last weekend or whatever it would have been, and uh, it was warm, but storm storms. And I'm like, oh man, if it if it rains a bunch this Saturday, it tomorrow's gonna be really nice. You know, bring it up even a little more. Then we'll be talking, get a little bit of dirtiness in there. Low and, color, yeah. Low and dirty is great because now the you can fish into the where the fish are at and you know where they're at, but you still have the advantage of the dirty water. Mm. And I love low low with some with some muck or some you know some some dirt in the water. Throw on a dark fly yeah, and go at it. Yeah, it's so nice. Uh, so, but we didn't get quite that, but um. We were still hooking into fish, seeing some fish. So that was nice. Like you said, the early morning was a little slow. Um, then PJ caught a fish, uh, and Dad hooked big 
a big uh, rainbow, uh, most rainbow trouts. And then um, we, uh, my dad saw, had a, like an 18-inch brown come up behind his fly. And I saw it kind of move across the bottom. And then as his fly started coming out of the water for him to make his next cast, I had some the yellow uh, costas on. I could see so well in the water. And I watched this fish swim off the bottom, come all the way up, basically touch his nose to the end of his fly as it was coming, like just about to come out of the water. And it never happened. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh. What were you guys throwing? All pretty much streamers. We nymphed as well. Uh, certain spots and uh, but streamers what was catching um, smaller streamers different um, from circus peanuts uh, to peanut envies to um, I was throwing D&D which didn't catch anything um, little sculpins that I tied little mini like uh, real small little arc art uh, articulated like sculpins hmm. um, with little craft fur over top of the back of the uh, So just going overall for the bait, the bait fish imitation. Yeah, you're going for, you know, whatever bait. There was a ton of ton of bait fish that weren't uh, sculpins that, you know, usually that's what you're, you know, you can rip sculpins through there and usually do pretty well. And there was some big bait in there that, I you know, I don't know what it was. Maybe shiners, different things, but. Big bait balls. I was like, huh. So, but, you know. It's that time of the year, man. I don't know. I don't know anything about the breeding schedule of minnows, but this time of the year, you find all different varieties of bait fish schooled up. It's all I mean, coming just, pretty soon. Yeah, it, it's coming. Yeah, spring's right around the corner. I'm, I'm really, you know, getting pumped up. I was even saying when we come back, it's about a month out from, you know, mentored youth day and, you know, getting into... Even some better water temps. Sorry to take. I was I was getting a little parched there. I had to take drink some beers. Um, getting some better water temps, and you know things just start rolling along. And I love spring. I, if I could take twelve or eleven Mays, even ten Mays and two Octobers, I would. You know, maybe even splash a September in there for me. But man, I would live in May all the time. Yeah, it's my. It's my birthday month. I love May. Well, even for that, then I, I love it because it's Jimmy's birthday month. Um, but that's that's great fishing time, and I, I I love it so much. So it's it's coming up, and you know April April can be productive as well as long as the weather or the water permits. I'm really interested to see what kind of spring we are about to have, because I feel we have had some pretty high spikes as far as warm days for the warm days that we've had because i mean think about in the years past we always get those warm days that come through but i feel like the ones this year were exceptionally warm if we can get a few uh little rainy you know days in april uh i wouldn't mind going to do what we did last year with the hybrids then too and that's all kind of coming up you know some (coughs) big hybrids in the lake was a lot a lot of fun um yeah i'm looking forward to doing that again um, and we, you know, even the last one that we caught was with you, my, you know, my dad and, mm. and, uh, you know, seeing those fish bust 
and me saying, oh, we got to go over there. I see him fish bust. And I want to catch on to something know. like uh, that Magnum that you caught last year whenever you randomly went out with Mark. Yeah, Mark said they were uh, catching some fish. And, uh, yeah, I I got I lucked out. I just I lucked out. You know, hey, who knows? Any of us could have caught that fish. Yeah. You know, just right place, right time. Um, I I, I like the flies. I like oh, those dude, fish. That's Jay. That's the biggest hybrid that I've seen. Like, I granted, I know that you've said that you've caught you know one that's maybe bigger than that, but me personally, that's that's the biggest one that I've seen. I've seen some big ones. Like that fish was heavy. Yeah, yeah, it was a good one. It was fun. Yeah, uh, that one was really good. Twenty nine is huge. Uh, the other ones uh, that are they're all probably right around the same. Fourteen, I would say for the fourteen, fifteen pounds. I mean, there are bigger ones in there. Oh yeah. Uh, but you know, yeah, the other ones uh, I've never caught. Uh, I've never. I've never caught a lake one like right, that. I'll me, say that I've re- caught river fish that were bigger, but not a lake. I haven't seen one hybrid. that broad. Like, that no. fish was very broad. Yeah, oh, it was huge, man. Yeah. That was... A, man, that was fun. That was only, like, a couple casts in, too, wasn't it? That was, like, like right off the gate when you got there. Oh, I remember exactly where it was. It's right on the corner of one of the, you know? And, uh, oh, it, yeah, it was good fun. It was fun, man. I'm 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 look really looking forward to seeing uh, some back. time out there again. Uh, getting all four of us out there, you know, getting Mark and Chris out there, getting you, me, Dad out there again, you know, whoever. Uh, that was, oh, man, that was good times. So, yeah, very, very looking forward to that again. And uh, like I said, it's all coming up. Spring's coming up. But before the spring's coming up and we get to more trout floats and things of that nature, uh, like I was saying, that trout float didn't go too bad. Uh, Peach was fun. He's great. He He, he rose well. Uh, Dad rode well. He was lollygagging a little because you kind of had to push. Because if you didn't, if you slowed your momentum, you wouldn't be able to roll the rocks over. And if you were moving pretty quickly, and this was more like a portage and fish in holes kind of a trip. It wasn't a, you know, you're just gonna fish the whole creek type of trip. You know what I mean? Because mm. the water wasn't high enough to just fish the whole creek because the fish weren't gonna be everywhere. From the pictures I've seen, it's obvious that it wasn't high enough. I mean, it was high. I mean, it had water in it. Like I said, it wasn't enough to float and not be pissed off that you're getting out all the time. But in certain situations, you had to kind of push, and you you, you know where the holes were, you know where you were gonna fish. We can we could stop, get out, and fish, you know. But spend our time that way, and then just roll through everything else really f- quickly is was my idea, and he was kind of. You know, kind of slow rolling and some of the stuff, and I'm like, I have nothing to cast at, dude. Just, just fly. Let's go. Let's let's roll. You know, and he wasn't doing that at one point. I'm like, all right, switch me, switch me seats. I need to row. I'm gonna row. You get in here and start casting again. So, and I was ready to watch the Super Bowl at that point, but it was fun float. You know, again, they changed some things. Uh, there's been some construction that was done that that changed some. Uh, features that <laughs> look like they're going to be sweet here come up pretty soon. So, and much more accessible. Nice. You know, there's not, they they cleaned it all up. There's not any uh, things hanging over, but they're still, 
gonna be big pockets. So should be pretty awesome. <clears throat> as long as the fish take to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They changed like a whole because the whole bank was like basically eroding away a road. Mm. So they changed it all. So. But it was we oh we saw another kid, on foot. No shit. Come up through and said. Um, came up through and hold. Give me one second. I got to drink a little bit. I'm I'm getting uh, parched again. His lips are sticking together. Mm-hmm. There you go. Not Wet good. the whistle, bud. Yeah. Uh, I came up and said, uh. You know, oh, you know, hey, how you doing? You guys, you guys just taking a rest or whatever? He's like, man, yeah, I saw a couple nice, you know, browns up through here or whatever a couple weeks ago and yada, yada, yada. And hmm. I'm like, yeah, I bet when there was some water you were catching. That's cool. There. There. Yeah. You said it was a kid? Um, A kid as in, oh, so how like old are you? Fuck off. <laughs> younger than you. Way younger than you. All right, so it's a kid. 28-year-old. All right, it's not that far off. Uh, 20s, you know, something year old, like not not my age, but maybe PJ's age. <laughs> damn kids. Yeah, but hey, you know what? No, it's not. He did. He he had to walk a far way to get where he was at. Hey, man, so dedication's dedication. Yeah, and that's cool with me. If he's walking all that way and searching and finding and doing mm. it on his own and doing his thing, hey, man. More power to you. Yeah. Catch him up, man. At the same it's time. It's one person. I'm not worried about one goddamn guy. We're there doing the same thing, man. Yeah, I don't know if he had a Euro Nymphing rod or not. I, I wasn't looking hard enough. I should have looked harder, but... No Tenkara? No, it wasn't Tenkara. He was definitely... I, I lo- figured he was throwing streamers, but he looked like a streamer thrower. All right. So kind of yeah, douchey, fine. you know what I mean? Like yeah. us. Think they're better than everybody. Yeah, yeah, like us. I mean, he saw, he saw. Well, yeah, he saw me on a fucking raft on the <laughs> on a place where he's walking around. Hey, uh, who's the snob, right? But hey, you never. I'm an know asshole, probably. You may. He's probably like, what the, look at this dickwad. Yeah, you made. You'd be like, oh yeah, I ins- I hope I inspire somebody someday. Like that guy's gonna get a raft, and then whenever he's, you're gonna bump into him on the road, be like, hey, hey, fucker. This, you can't be here. <laughs> <laughs> this is mine. This is my spot. This is mine. Yeah, that'll be terrible. Hopefully, he doesn't get any ideas. But uh, other, yeah. So other than that, I have a. Uh, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait till the end to do this one. Um, so, the Kentucky River Muskie Classic is coming up, and um, I need to turn my phone on because all the information was here, and he sent it to me somehow, and I'm gonna be an idiot. Now you should just pull it up. No. You're smarter than me. Come on, guy. You should have known this was gonna happen. Oh, there it is. See, there you go. So tournament schedule: Friday, happy hour, captain's meeting, 7 p.m. Cliff View Resort. I look forward to seeing everybody there. Yep, we'll see you guys there. Okay, at least one person from each team must attend the captain's meeting. Saturday, February 24th. Tournament begins at 7 a.m. Tournament recesses at 6 p.m. Dinner raffle at 7.30 at Cliff View Resort. Saturday catches must be reported by 8 p.m. by texting the number provided in the team packets during the captain's meeting on Friday night. We'll, we will 
post standings at the dinner located at the resort Saturday p.m. I'm glad you could read at the 10th grade level. It used to be the third grade level, so... <laughs> I'll give you that. It was pretty bad. It used to be a C-spot run, uh-huh. run-spot run, and this is pretty small, so my, uh, my old eyes are having a hard time reading it, so fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Sheesh. Give me hell. I told you to read it. Um, Sunday, February 25th. Uh, tournament begins at 7. Tournament ends at 1 p.m. Uh... Awards at 3 p.m. Cliffview Resort again. Uh, Sunday catches must be in by 2 p.m. Text a number, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Captain meeting on Friday. So it's going to be a great time. I look forward to seeing everybody Friday. I know we're going in Thursday. Uh, come see us. Come Text us. Yeah, let whatever. us know where you're at. Yes, it'll be a good time. Uh, we want to see everybody all the time. Um I think that's about it. Uh, oh, wait. <coughs> no, no, no. Wait. There's a talking shit segment tonight, right? Yeah. We that's have our segment. Yes. So uh, I'll start this one off. Okay. So since okay. we're going to Kentucky, do Kentucky muskies even have teeth? And are they inbred? I, I think they're, well, they're definitely inbred. I think they date their cousins. They date their cousins? Maybe sisters. Is that a wild stalking program that they got going on over there? You know what? I think I, I think if you pull out a Kentucky muskie, it's definitely, definitely going to have a uh, a mullet. I've seen a couple of them. Uh, we'll call them a derp fish floating around on social media. You know the ones with like the, the top of their head all over underbited. Oh, oh every muskie's got to look like that in Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. They definitely date their cousins. So, <laughs> I, I I text around some friends today. Uh, I got, and I said, "Hey, does anybody have any shit to talk? You know, let's 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 have a little fun. Let's talk some shit before the tournament starts between friends. You know, and I I thought it would be fun. I thought it'd be fun to stir the pot a little bit. So." I asked around, and, and some guys said a lot, some guys said a little, and uh, I'm going to give it to everything to you guys. So, um, that started it, um, <clears throat> but Chris Moscon uh, said that, uh, wow, his was good. The chance that Chris, uh, the percentage that Chris can get his boat in the water and a fish in the net is about the same that he has of getting his wife pregnant after his vasectomy. <laughs> so uh, thanks, Dan, uh, for writing that one in. That I thought that was pretty good. Um, Chris, and it was funny because these were all coming just from random places, and I don't think anybody was trying to get anybody or get back at anybody, but uh, Chris oh, said, shit. Chris said about their team, about Dick and Dan's team, oh. that without their uh, their cowboy leader, oh, no. without their broken back leader, I don't think they'll know their ass from a hole in the ground. Uh, and they'll be too worried about the fresh meat. So uh, I know they got a new teammate, so that, that might hit home there too. Um, I had some shit to talk myself. So uh, my shit talking is going to... Uh, 
our buddy Nick Latanzio and um, his book, his uh, teammate Dustin Hines. Uh, I don't know how many emo songs that Dustin knows how to take. How many? Uh, if he, if he has to listen to too much Taking Back Thursday or Code in Cambria, he might just Ta- have to. He might just <laughs> jump in the in in the river. Taking Back Thursday. Take is it all oh, oh, Thursday <laughs> or Taking Back Sunday? I'm sorry. All these emo bands say no. I, I I don't know how much emo that uh, Dustin could take before uh, he jumps off the boat. Oh, so, when Dustin's swimming to one of our boats because of the emo going on 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 the radio, maybe get bad. So that w- that's all. I, that was my shit talking. Oh man, I just hope our audience knows that I encouraged you to do this. Oh, I I love those guys. <laughs> those are my friends. They're, these guys are my friends. Uh, so I. I talked to Josh Dunn. Josh Dunn had a lot to say. That he was uh he was gonna, you know, conform and uh make an alliance with the Confederates. No. <laughs> so uh that was one of his and uh he said that he didn't have to worry about the uh oh oh jeez, Louise. Um the brothers that are going down uh, that put together the beast. Dixon. Yeah, he said, we don't have to worry about the Dixons. He said, don't even worry about those boys. Why? <laughs> they're going to be drinking so... They're going to be in Kentucky. Too many bourbons and Miller Lights. Oh. You don't have to worry about those boys. They might not even wake up. Good enough to fish fall in the water. Who knows? Just sleep in the boat in the it, parking it, lot. It, it, I don't know. Those boys, you don't let them too much around too much bourbon and Miller Light. They might, uh, might just sink their boat. So, that was his shit talking. Uh, Chris Raz said he was with one and a half great anglers <laughs> and is looking forward <laughs> to bringing the championship back north where it belongs, or to the north where it belongs, and will probably stay. Um, other than that, uh, Nick Latanzio, uh, for some reason, he had to go back at me with... Uh, you know, he's surprised that I am not bringing, Jay is not bringing his lucky leprechaun, which I think he's referring to as PJ. So, no, uh, PJ's not coming with me. Uh, the only reason I've ever won a fishing tournament uh, or placed in a tournament, uh, a musky tournament. Three your horseshoe away. Uh, so, uh, my, my, one, my, my buddy, he's not, he's not going to be there with me. But I know I'm not bringing my lucky leprechaun. So, segueing into that, tell let's let's talk about our team stuff here. Sure. So we uh, we got some food that we're gonna be planning out here and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Let's uh, let's walk everybody through the game plan here. We're gonna are we gonna are we leaving early or what's what's the game plan? Well, Thursday morning uh i don't work apparently so uh if i'm not working we're gonna leave early i think we should take as much advantage of advantage of as much time as we have in case anything does happen Mm -hmm. you never know yeah never know know, a flat on this could happen this or whatever you just never know things can happen sorry might as well give ourselves most time in the day to deal with anything, I like listen. That I, I like going early as possible because we avoid traffic as long as we can. What I would like to do is if we can figure out uh, going to a 
place where we can, like a, a nice place of bourbon where they make bourbon, uh, whatever you want to call that. Uh, distillery. is it? It's not a distillery if it's bourbon, is it? Mm, I think it's, I don't know. But if we can go like see a place like Buffalo Trace or one of these places, if we're there early enough, I would rather go do that than see water. Like, I'd rather see some things. Um, oh, we're going to see water. Why? We're gonna I know we're going to see it. That's what I mean. We're going to see plenty of the yeah. water. So I think if we're going to go there early and we're going to get down there at all early, we should at least go see something that, you know, if we could go on the way, get a tour of one of the places and get bourbon or some shit like that, I think that would be cooler than not. We and if you're down for something like that, I... Sims already said we could leave our boats over there. We no, could, we could just I, no, I'm not talking about off. that. But I'm, I'm saying, talking on the like way down. Go, oh, yeah, that's fine. But like, I'm just saying, like, if you wanted to, like, go and check stuff out, like, ap- after oh, we're sure. done fishing and stuff, we could always pop the boats off and drive around. I was saying while you still have the boat on while we're on the way down, those parking lots for those places are usually pretty huge. Lock Dude, it down. I'm let's down. do it. I'm game. I just don't want to hang out in Columbus. No, we're not hanging out in Columbus. I know, but the the one week you were like, "Oh no, we're gonna go to Columbus, or we're gonna go eat somewhere and do this." I'm like, "We should eat a place down no. there. Places to eat down we're there." We're getting sweet. the fuck out of Columbus. You know how many times I've seen Columbus, Jay? A lot. You know how many times I've seen Kentucky? None. Let's go to Kentucky. I agree. I was just saying at the three hour point, we might be hungry. Yeah. What are we gonna do? Take my boat and let's let's go to Bass Pro. That was, that's no. that the plan? No. I the Bass Pro there. There is there, a big there, there's, there's a, a big Cabela's pro. there as well, but it's Bass there's pro a Bass now. Pro in Cincinnati. Cabela's is Bass Pro. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's there's yeah, I remember when I moved in there. Oh, there's a lot of good places to eat down there though. I know, man. I just don't want to fucking be we'll there. Be in, uh, <laughs> I don't want to uh, do I, it. I know exactly where we're going, and it, it it won't be bad for the boat. So I'm not worried about that. I just don't want to be in Columbus. Like that's just way too much traffic. Like I hate driving in Columbus. Like I hate it. Oh, it's not that bad. I it's live there, dude. Not, it was yeah. You're once right. You, it, once you live there, it's not, it's that, not bad. that bad. Listen, I don't like people. I don't either. And I, I've my wife doesn't even. My wife hates driving in Columbus now. But there, I mean, this we lived. She that was where she was born and raised. Like I lived, drove there every day for years and years and years. If they I, had AA meetings for road ragers, I belong there. Yeah, well, it's not that bad. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get see. in and out of there. We'll see. We'll get some good footage. We'll get well. If that's if that's yeah, the case, we're we'll gonna see. get some good footage of his road yeah. rage and, uh, you know, us picking up Justin. We'll have to roll right through downtown. Yeah, we're It'd gonna be nice. Yeah, we're gonna roll video the whole way, so you guys will be able to see it. It'll be a fun time. Well, hey, on that note, we're rolling almost two hours. Yeah. Probably time we shut this beast down. Hey, I hey everybody. Uh, I know there's a lot of shit talking, but everybody, everybody, have a safe travel. I know for Nick, it's got to be at least twelve hours. Be safe, buddy. You know, everybody, be safe. Be safe on the road. You know, everybody, get there. I want to see everybody there first and foremost. So, 
Let's be safe. Be you know, get there, and then we'll have a great time together. And I'm so looking forward to seeing everybody and everybody getting on me for all the shit I talked on everybody just a minute ago. Oh, so, I can't wait for oh, this. I unfold. love it. So it's gonna be a good times. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to having beers with everybody. Really, really looking forward to it. Uh, I know our group that's staying with us is gonna be, you know, just killer. Uh, f- yeah, I'm sure if you guys, man, we if got people want to come meet us and Raz hang out, or camp. if you guys, I know there's going to be a lot of people camping very closely to us. So I'd like to see everybody, at least you know, around the campfire, at least one a little bit here and there. So, hey, come meet us up, and uh, man, I- I'm ready. Let's go, let's go catch some muskies. Yep, let's do it. Hey, it's gonna be a fun time. Team hell for certain. Hell for certain, baby. Hey, on that note. Um, we are brought to you by Sims Fishing, Eric's Hooks, Cortland Lines, and Yeti Built for the Wild. And we got friends of the show, Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank, Chippewa River Custom Rods, the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance, and our friends over at Muskie Fool. Good night, folks.